0: Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think you got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You believe in yes. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to
1: ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast.
0: How about a talk show host? This is In The Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Dynamite lead-in programming there. Seth and Steve gone to the mothership ESPN Radio and uh, unable to be with us today or tomorrow, I guess, right? So they're uh, really getting the gospel down there in Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, they'll be back for Friday lead up to the orange and florida state in the carrier dome that leaves you with us today. Brent Axe's birthday. Is so we're going to try to keep things in good shape is Brent actually working today, Polly? Uh no because of the Mets doubleheader. Okay. So Brent gets the skate on his birthday and so did Dan do his show today? Uh Daniel? yes. Okay. Yeah, we did our show. I'm trying to remember if I heard that on the drive in or I came in before that today, I think. Well good. Well somebody's got to Make the donuts in here. I did see there's doodled logos over there. From Apparently that's a thing now. So the, yeah. that was some evidence that there was a show yep, Daniel, earlier today.
1: Daniel's producer draws the logos of the games for that's us a thing, off though, of I'm... memory. It... Okay. When you don't have much show prep done, <laughs> that's what you come that's up with. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's
0: what it sounds like. Well, good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll try to do our best to keep up with that if we can. We'll have Adam Terry... Stopping by here in a bit to uh, talk orange football. The game, uh, certainly Saturday. I'm not sure if there's much meat left on that bone after a 62-10 uh, to 10 whitewashing of Wagner, uh, pretty much as uh, projected. And then it's on into Florida State. A lot of the tone going into Florida State is about how vulnerable the Seminoles are. And uh, I'm all for it with a little bit of a asterisk on it. Just going to pump the brakes on it slightly. Uh, I will say this. You talk about your opportunities to knock off Florida State and momentum and home field advantage and all of those things coming together. The stars are aligning the way you would like to have them for Syracuse to have your best shot against FSU. I just want to caution you on a couple of things. It dawned on me a little bit watching last night the uh, FSU-Samford game. I'd forgotten this. Samford's better than people are giving them credit for. They're pretty good. you know. They're obviously an FCS team, so they're not that good. But it's not Ithaca College here. And let's not get too far away that because that was more of a game than people would have expected that FSU is terrible. Sanford has a very good game plan with an experienced veteran quarterback that's about as good as there is in the FCS level with a coach who's been there, done that. Up tempo offense, similar, by the way, to what Syracuse and Florida State both run. They sling it all over the yacht a lot, and there's some opportunities maybe for Syracuse to match some of that game plan. But Sanford hit on a couple of big passing plays. They were kept in the game. Uh there was a you know turnover prone game. Sanford, they didn't have as many, <laughs> might have actually been able to hang on to to win that one. But let's not misunderstand that Florida State still has Florida State players. Cam Akers, their leading running back, ran for 200 yards against Syracuse last year. Jacquez Patrick, their backup, did it the year before. DeAndre Francois, their top quarterback, very highly recruited, missed the Syracuse game last year, which was a a three-point game-winning field goal or a game-tying field goal attempt at the end uh, for Cole Murphy and company was blocked. So it was a tight game a year ago with some extenuating circumstances. Eric Dungy uh, in the Orange's defense was not uh, at full strength a year ago either. But Florida State, I think, will pose a couple of significant challenges, again, under the heading of they are still Florida State athletes. You look at players that they can put uh, on the perimeter. Nyquan Murray is a very productive player successful receiver over his career. He's not especially big, but his new partner in crime is a freshman named Tamarian Terry. He's 6'4 and can really go. He's averaging 20 yards per catch so far. And they have a tight end six five named Trey McKitty who I think is going to be a matchup issue for everybody that Florida State plays this year and the ground game. You can say that they're Offensive line is not as strong, and that's been a little bit of an issue for Florida State over the years. But these are highly recruited players, four returning starters. Alec Everly, the center, is an all-conference caliber center. They are going through the transition of Jimbo Fisher's offense to uh, Willie Taggart's, but uh, they do have some material there. On defense, you have a couple of definite pros at minimum in Brian Burns who projects – Last night I looked up and they had him as the uh, number 14 pick in the NFL draft next year. And Levante Taylor's an outstanding field corner who had an interception return for a touchdown in the uh, win against Samford. In fact, that sealed it with uh, two and a half minutes to go on uh, Saturday. So it's still Florida State. That being said, this is where Syracuse has things lining up that are in their favor. You have your four-year starting quarterback. You've had the success so far of this part of the year that has built confidence. You have last year's close game that's built confidence. You have the home field advantage, and furthermore, that it's the first road trip for FSU this season and under the new coaching staff. You have potentially difficult conditions in the Dome if you can create that with the heat, humidity, and fans, etc. So that's what has led to... Some uh, intrigue in this one. We're going to talk about that with Adam Terry as we get rolling on the show. If you'd like to join us by phone, you can do that at 315-437-7644. That's 4ESPN44. Uh, looking to give away tickets later in the, the week. So we may have a uh, a contest to uh, gear that up. Get a couple more people uh, in the house Saturday. Whatever you might be burning about, feel free to check in on on the program. All right, Paul, does that get us off to a good start there? Do we need to uh, pick any, you know, old baseball categories from twenty, thirty years ago? And, and I'll let you know in the last segment no. if we
1: need to kill it about <laughs> <Yeah>. five minutes. <laughs> Better do that in the
0: back end. The Kevin Seitzer <laughs> portion of our program. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. We'll uh, step aside here to allow us to uh, hook up Adam Terry. We'll talk Orange Football with our IMG Sports Network uh, analyst and uh, get your questions and comments if you're sore willing. Uh, later in the program as well, 4ESPN44 or 4ESPN44, 437-7644 gets you on the show. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth brought to you by Marriott Syracuse downtown here until 3 o'clock today. Back tomorrow and Friday as well, getting set for the Orange and Florida State in the Dome. Adam Terry will be along with us on the call of that game. ACC opener for the Qs. Second conference game for the Knowles, who have already dropped one in the league this year to uh, Virginia Tech, which was a week one matchup right out the gate with the new coaching staff, and we can get into that over the course of our discussion as well. Adam, how are you, man?
2: Fantastic. Looking forward to this one.
0: Yeah, I think we all are. It's a great day here in the The uh, Weather fluctuating here over the uh, course of the week, and it feels more like summer than football, but uh, we'll get our heads screwed on here for this uh, matchup with Florida State. What uh, is top of your mind right now, whether it's uh, looking back to Wagner or ahead to this one?
2: Well, I think, you know, Wagner, Syracuse came in and did what they were supposed to do offensively. They they put together uh, a very good game plan and defensively, uh, Brian Ward put together a great game plan as well. And it seemed as though when guys were in the right space and had the opportunity to make some of these big tackles or, have an interception. They were there. Now that needs to be cleaned up across the board. Um, just going into this new era of Willie Taggart and the FSU Seminoles. So it'll be a really interesting test because when you look at it and you watch some of the film, Syracuse has the opportunity to go to toe to toe.
0: You think so? You, you think so in terms of the talent?
2: If you've got number two healthy back there and he can distribute the ball, I think, you know, offense and defense, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. Um, you know, when two's in the game, everything looks a little bit different. There's a little bit more pep in the step, Bob. But it all comes down to, uh, is it the O-line and the D-line? You know, Slayton came in. Bear Williams is showing you that he's a very, a very big force to be reckoned with in the interior line. But the one thing on the defensive line, they've got to get to the quarterback. They, they did with some of these hits and pressures, but now they've got to start turning those into sacks. And Elton Robinson's the guy to continue to look at, can he start drawing a double team and free somebody up on the other side? And then on the offensive line side of the ball, you've just got to make sure that uh, FSU will bring some blitzes and pressures, but they're going to try to do it with their front four. Um, can they match up on the outside and Martin and Conway against FSU's pass rush? I
0: was talking with Coach Babers uh, this morning and getting some of his thoughts about the game, and the, one of the main things I was burning on, uh, Adam, that I want to talk with you about, I even emailed you last night, and included that in our, our regular exchanges. Uh, look, Samford's not as bad as I think people might assume that haven't done the homework or didn't actually watch the game. And sure. what Coach Babers points out is, look, they've got a coach who has run a system for 20 years that really works. They've got a veteran quarterback who knows the offense backwards and forwards, a a top-notch wide receiver, and it clicked for them. And the, the way he actually phrased it is, look, they've got a veteran quarterback who really knows their offense and is comfortable in no back sets. I said, gee, I wonder if anybody around here has is a quarterback <laughs> that is veteran knows the offense backwards and forwards and is comfortable in no back sets, right? So, is there something about FSU that Eric Dungy can copy because it doesn't look like it'd be that much out of character for Syracuse to do some of the things that Sanford did?
2: I think the, the biggest thing for for Dungy in the offense is a quick, quick strike. You know, FSU with with where they are right now, they're seated, they're sitting one and one. They, you know, in all essence, if you watch the film against the when they played the Hokies. They got beat up quite a bit. And then to go to Sanford and, and you know, get out of it with a win, you know, when you, when you should have gone in there and dominated, and I'm just speaking of it as that FSU, um, you know, persona that they have. So Syracuse has the opportunity and ability to really break their will. If they get out early and they go up 7 or they go up 7 with a 3-and-out and go up 10 or 14, you can really, that's really where the, the test of this, this Knowles uh, team is going to be. I think Syracuse has all the weapons, like you said, you know, lining up no back, being able to distribute the ball well. You're starting to see Mo Neal feel a little bit more comfortable in his role, Strickland doing a great job, but then Jarvey and Howard is the guy that we saw during camp, and he showed up on game day against Wagner, so they have this three-headed monster. Uh, really, right now it's two, but they can start to run the ball as well when the Knolls are starting to drop back in pass coverage because of the ability of Dungy to throw the ball down the field.
0: Sure. Uh, just got a text, actually, as we were coming on the air from uh, a fan and supporter of the program talking about how excited he was uh, seeing Jarvion Howard in the game and what he did. Now, that was also fresh legs against a, a Wagner team that had been beaten and the, the game was over, so you, you have to take everything based on the, the context that it's in. But uh, Howard did uh, run 13 times for 69 yards. You mentioned Neal. He's gone for 155 yards so far in the two games. And uh, Dante Strickland with two touchdown runs in each of the two games. You're going to have to run the football, at least some here, against Florida State, particularly if you have any hope to play from the front, play with the lead. And that's how Syracuse upset Clemson last year, Adam, you know, the biggest play of the season, obviously, was Chris Slayton taking out their starting quarterback. But the fact that they were able to get and maintain the lead and then close out the game was because they ran the football.
2: Yeah, they were able to run the football. And, you know, you brought up a big point of uh, Chris Slayton and Clemson against Kelly. You know, Chris Slayton against DeAndre Francois this year is going to be the same thing. If that interior line can knock that, deep, or that offensive line back, Um, you know, I think those interior guys are going to play a huge, huge role uh, defensively because, you know, as we've seen with Syracuse thus far, um, they haven't really been tested at the linebacker position, but they've been tested in the back end uh, when we played Western Michigan and the speed that they have. Now that you're getting into conference schedule in two or three of the guys that you're going to play against has that speed and has that talent. So, It'll be interesting because that front four has to apply pressure without necessarily blitzing all the time to get the pressure in order for that secondary to hold up like it's capable of doing.
0: Have you seen anything so far from the Florida State offensive line that concerns you? People talk about that as being a weakness of this team. Uh, So far in two games, six sacks allowed, if that's any indication. They're uh, running for 114 yards a game. That's near the bottom of – uh, major conference football. Uh, they do have some guys that have been around, most notably the center there. But what what's your film study tell you?
2: I just like our guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can you can put it up and you can you can try to analyze. Hey, this is what Slayton does, or this is what Bear Williams will do, um, or this is what Alton Robinson can do, or black on the outside, or black when he comes back into the inside. But. I like our guys versus their guys. You know, if you if you put them up on the board, you can delve a little bit deeper into each one. But I just like what Chris Slayton, the way that he's playing, and Bear Williams, how he's played off of him. And it's it's a weaker of a Florida State offensive line than it's been over the last decade. So they're they're reeling on the inside, which has shown the pressure towards the quarterback. And now can Syracuse um, expose that liability? And, and create pressure.
0: Adam Terry is our guest, former Orange offensive lineman in his own right, the Cuse and Florida State, this coming Saturday with a noon kickoff. Adam, coming off a pair of blowouts, and you know the Western Michigan game, I know it got a little close for comfort in the third quarter, but for all intents and purposes, Syracuse outclassed uh, Western in that game and uh, could have won by a very lopsided margin, still put up 50 points, and they've put up 50 in back-to-back games what does it do for a team when it has come that easily, whether that that's good or bad? Um, And and everybody's had a chance to share in the success here through two games.
2: I think the, um, the biggest thing that we saw was Western Michigan when they put Tommy DeVito in and they needed to fight back. The offensive line had to fight back defensive line. Secondary was exposed a little bit. They really had to, to establish themselves. So Granted, Dungy wasn't in the game as, at the helm, but as a team, you saw that, okay, well, what's going on here? How do, we, how do we fight back from this? And, you know, fortunately for Syracuse, they were able to reinsert Dungy. But it's uh, Syracuse has a lot of confidence. These guys are starting to play with, with a little bit of swagger and something that we haven't seen over the years, and it's been sporadic. But you've got two wins under your belt. This isn't. This is not a um, program definer, but it gets you catapulted in that direction when the Seminoles come in on, on Saturday.
0: That is a noon kickoff on the road. So you look at uh, Florida State; they've got uh, some logistical difficulty here, uh, and I don't think it's. There's nothing even before you get to the hurricane and all that. But they had their last game was delayed an hour or so by weather. They were in all the fight they wanted, so the starters had to play to the end. They turn around; and they're coming on the road this week with a noon kickoff, and it's Willie Taggart's first road game. That's about as tough as it could have worked out.
2: It'll be it'll be interesting, you know. I'm I'm excited because as you as you start to break Syracuse down, they have a few plays where you know a step, a catch these games are even more blown out of proportion. But conversely, they've got to clean up the mistakes that they've had in the past, whether that's a pursuit angle or whether that's depth on coverage or whether that's depth in a set where you might give pressure up on a quarterback. That's what, you know, I I revert back to Indianapolis Colts. When Tony Jundie used to talk about their offense and their defense, if they worry about themselves and they continue to get better throughout the week, it's going to be a rude awakening for Florida State to come in and play Syracuse in the Dome.
0: Adam Terry with us just for another minute or so uh, in the Dome as well this weekend and on campus around. We'll have him on the pregame show, that type of thing. Guys, Adam, from the 96-7-8 and eight period when uh, Syracuse won three successive Big East championships, you were part of uh, claiming a co-championship in the conference uh, near the end of your career What uh, familiarity and appreciation do you have for that group in the the mid-90s that was able to take advantage, uh, really, and blow out Miami a couple of times? It was uh, Syracuse and Miami were the class of the league. They were going through uh, some NCAA difficulty, and the Orange were just loaded with talent.
2: Yeah, you know, I always revert back to the story. I I went out to Syracuse, uh, I believe, in 98 for Junior Day, and I left with a poster that said, Where Legends Come to Play. And that stuck on my um, walls as a, you know, a, a junior and a senior in high school. And when I made the decision, that's why I wanted to go to Syracuse. It was the, um, the Big East championship mentality, establishing themselves in a national ranking. That's why I wanted to go to Syracuse. So I have the utmost respect for everybody that I'll see um, this weekend because my decision to go to Syracuse changed my life. In all essence, it was I could have gone to different schools, but I had a coaching staff that took an opportunity to challenge me on a daily basis when if I had gone to a different school, it might have kicked me to the curb. So I'm extremely grateful for these men um, because these guys will also be the fathers that will be producing some former or some future hmm. orange football players.
0: Yeah, maybe. uh I'm looking through the list here a little bit. We've got and see. Kevin Johnson already. I was going to say, Kevin Johnson would be one, and and uh, there are some of those that I suppose could uh, come down the road here. But you look at that group, uh, everybody knows Donovan McNabb, but then Keith Bullock, Tabucky Jones, Rob Conrad uh, were among the uh, the drafted players and uh, just loads of NFL talent that were on those teams uh, for Coach Pasqualoni and the crew, 96-7-8, uh, and 8, all Big East champions, and uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of those guys. Back this weekend to be honored. So, Adam, safe travels. We will uh, talk to you on the pregame show Saturday, if not before, okay?
2: Sounds like a plan. I'll see you in the dome.
0: All right, that's Adam Terry. You'll hear him on the broadcast Saturday. He'll start his broadcast day on Saturday with Gomez and Lisa down at the Sheridan at 9 a.m. in the brunch edition of the Sheridan tailgate show. Always a good time down there. The quad and uh, all the buzz that was there Saturday for the Wagner game got... Uh, a lot of uh, high remarks and rave reviews and we hope that that will only continue. It's fun when you get to the conference games and the major conference opponents. You're going to see the garnet and gold of Florida State out and around town on Friday afternoon. That's cool. Wagner isn't going to bring fans. Uh, you know, no disrespect meant for them, is they just don't have that many and they're not going to uh, travel and it's not a major program or a major event to come here necessarily. But uh, when the other ones do come in, it is definitely a cut above, and that's not just for the team on the field. Hope everybody gets to enjoy it with uh, game two of three in a row here to start the season at the Carrier Dome coming upon us quickly, a noon start this Saturday. The Connecticut game, by the way, is a 4 o'clock start. That got announced on uh, Monday. Another scheduling news item coming up in just a bit. We'll hit that on Do We Care when we continue in the booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting I doubt it No wait. The other thing Tedious But we will do this segment anyway Don't
1: care anymore Don't care more.
3: So today is Brent Axe's 40th birthday Whoa And he luckily good gets friend. the day off Yeah With the Mets getting rained out on Monday
0: Very good I wonder how Brent w- is celebrating his birthday Is he going to Star Wars? Is there a Star Wars movie Lordy
1: out? Lordy Lordy Is that the look who's That's what for? people
0: say on the cards <laughs> Lordy, Lordy! Look who's forty. You could be a Hallmark guy, Polly.
1: I will give Brent X credit compared to all of the other uh, ESPN staff. Big problem I have with the staff: people asking for their birthday off, like they're seven. oh, like yeah, because it's my birthday. Yeah, it's the I'm
0: day taking I get it off. the day off. Yeah, because I think my everybody birthday. would prefer to not have to work and to have some free time on their birthday and spend it with the people they care about most, or the ones that care about them, or whatever. But I don't think. Dudes in their wheelhouse, you know, of working age, ask for it off. Yeah,
1: after seven, I think is when you
0: stop. I spent my
3: birthday huh. with you guys yesterday. That's right. That in fact, that's two w- of you.
0: The there way we go. <laughs> the way you sort of brought it up on the air was uh, on this day you were born. <laughs> that, that was- <laughs> well, he asked me. He asked me <laughs> yeah. what year
3: I was born. I said actually on this day. So Polly, yeah, to in sports history,
0: it was a yeah. uh, one in three hundred and sixty five shot by exactly. Polly, which is outstanding work. What'd you do on your birthday? Tommy, anything exciting?
3: I, I did absolutely nothing. Went, went out to dinner with my parents. Okay. Going to hit up uh, Fagan's flip night tonight.
0: Good. That's a good time.
3: So there we go. That's a, Tip a them early and you
0: find that your chances of winning <laughs> the flip increase. Yes. All right. I'll try Better that. Better move.
3: I'll try that trick tonight. So in other news, uh, some tennis umpires are actually considering boycotting some of Serena Williams' upcoming matches because of her outburst over the weekend at the U.S. Open final.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know... You can debate all the stuff that happened in the Serena Williams match and whether she should have been given the game penalty and all of that. But first of all, in all sports, a lot of officials take themselves too seriously and this idea of they're only making it worse. What Serena's going in the direction of, look, I want equal treatment women versus men. If I blow up in the same way that John McEnroe or Djokovic or Nadal or Kyrgios blow up, the penalty should be the same, not more severe. Th- these people, if umpires are going to now boycott and single out Serena Williams further, they're out of their mind. Um, nobody cares about tennis umpires or is going to rush to their defense or plight here. Um, th- that's a That would be a major misstep.
1: I got nothing. Nothing. Everything's too blown out of proportion. Now. Yeah. Like, I don't know how this became some big everybody's political
3: gonna be outraged. argument. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Give me a break.
3: The Jumbotron at the score, the Jumbotron scoreboard at George Washington University fell from the roof the other day and landed onto their court. Luckily, nobody was on the court, but wow that this big Jumbotron just all of a sudden fell from the roof. of.
0: Yeah. As I understand it, it was not, you, you might need to do a little more reading on it or I, I could. <laughs> I, it was not a, freaky oh this thing spontaneously fell i think they were working on it and they may have
3: lowered it down unexpectedly yeah
0: low, okay. lost track of it or it may have that something may have gone wrong in doing that but it wasn't like you know hey we're minding our own business and going about our day and the scoreboard fell from the ceiling i, I don't think that happened but uh it looks as though i think they were it was a maintenance uh type deal and maybe it dropped a little further than Expected as opposed to being set down, but I think uh, life will go on at George Washington.
1: Uh, the wench gave way that there pulls it up and down, but it was used the night before for a uh, women's USA basketball game versus Japan. So it. George Washington. what was you saying, for that. it could have, but
0: they, the wench gave way in the process of. Yes, it was using it for undergo- the purpose The it right. uh, was
1: going undergoing maintenance today and dropped unexpectedly from its lower position oh so it didn't even fall that far right okay gotcha This story's lost a lot of yes luster. the
3: headline got me
0: the headline That's got the thing. me welcome to 2018 there tommy
3: That lost a lot of luster quick <laughs> Clickbait. So, yeah it was it got me mm-hmm Um, So the scheduling update that you had mentioned before the break, Syracuse has scheduled a home-and-home with Purdue in 2022 and 2023. 2022 at Syracuse, 23
0: at Purdue. Yeah, it's about right. That's uh, the types of teams and programs that I think you're going to see on the schedule for the next period here. Uh, There's just been a little bit of a change in scheduling philosophy overall. And uh, right now I think you're going to see Teams uh, that Syracuse is playing are going to be alike in terms of geography, resources, institutional approach, and that's why it's Purdue and not Ohio State and Texas and Washington and USC, etc cetera. So, uh, Purdue has been on the schedule recently, and we were talking about it was kind of a uh, one off game, which doesn't tend to happen in these things. This is a home and home, it's not a, a one timer, but it, uh, was the opening game of uh, 2004 with 18-year-old Joe Fields at quarterback against uh, Kyle Orton, who we went on to play in the NFL, and it did not go well for the Oranges on that day.
1: Also, the first game of Matt Park's reign is voice the rain. of the Orange, yeah. the era, is <laughs> yeah. the Park era. It, am I still reigning? Is, is the <laughs> question.
0: It was the first. Yeah. Don't remember a whole lot about uh, that trip. I, one thing I, I was kind of. Uh, go back to his reading and that's an engineering school. So in 2004, they're talking about, well, uh, here at Purdue, the students and faculty have put together this great program. And there's a device that you can rent out when you walk in the stadium. That's yay big. Like it's as big as yeah. our phones currently are. And you can, uh, use it. It'll tell you where the bathrooms are and how to order, uh, food. And which is, you know, in engineering schools, they're good like that. Now everybody has, uh, something similar to that in, in most uh, modern facilities. But, uh, that was a Joe Tiller-led uh, Purdue team. Same coach as uh, when Drew Brees was there, and they thrashed uh, an overmatched uh, Syracuse team on that day. They were 24th in the nation that game. Syracuse
1: unranked Kyle Orton.
0: Adam Terry would have played in that game, I guess. Huh? Could have asked him about that.
1: Kyle Orton went for 16-30, uh, 287 yards. Now this is four TDs, no interceptions. This is what I don't remember this. Brandon Kirsch is their backup quarterback. He went one of two with forty-seven for forty-seven yards and a touchdown,
0: there were a lot of. Uh, if you look at the scoring drives, if I remember right, there were you know, one play drives that type of thing. Uh, that was a a bloodbath. That was like a
1: one play seventy-five yards.
0: Yeah, how soon time, how soon can we get out of here? Three, to,
1: three, three yards. That's not a good
0: one. Well, that's off a turnover. Uh,
1: one play sixty-nine yards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. not which league. it won't be like that uh, when in Syracuse years, and Purdue. <laughs> that's a no mistake the, uh, right there. <laughs> the, <laughs> current Purdue head coach is Jeff Brom, who you know they've been down for a while. They've, they've been uh, near the very bottom of the Big Ten, but Brom got them going a little bit. Tim Lester had been an assistant there, now back to Western Michigan as head coach. And these football games are scheduled oh. so far in advance; these games are four and five years from this coming weekend to give you an idea so it's fun to play well who's going to be the coach of these teams and the players that are in that game in either of those two games they're in high school now it makes more sense
1: now brandon was their running back so he made a they must have run a half a back pass on yeah. us for, for ruthless for, for 47 <laughs> yards so
0: <laughs> rubbing it in yeah. in a 51 nothing game
1: okay thank you tommy no problem
0: that's uh tommy with do we care not sure whether we do, do or want, not?
1: Do you want Joe Field's to in there?
0: No. Let's, let's save Karen the innocent. Joe's an upstanding human being that uh, went on to a little tryout in the NFL and uh, then kicked around there for a while and came back to be an academic advisor here, was on the football side and then with the basketball team, and now has gone to work at, at Texas A&M, I think. Either Texas A&M or Houston. And then another name I don't recognize to to played family.
1: quarterback in that game for Syracuse. Jared Jones? Was zero for one with an interception.
0: He was a wide receiver, I want to say. Okay, well, so there's maybe a lot of trickery playing. Yeah,
3: Man, yeah. Was those... you got to pull out the trickery. In a so he caught one, three balls in, game. in the no, game. No, Steve
0: Gregory was a wide receiver. Went on to so the guy who played. If you look at this whole list, though, who had the longest NFL career of anybody on this list? Steve Gregory over Kyle Orton. Yeah. There's a linebacker. Uh, why did his name just jump out of my head? But the linebacker go down to Purdue tackling. It, Rob uh, Ninkovich doesn't have defense. Went on state, okay. So. Rob Ninkovich was a uh, good player there for Purdue at the time, and would go on to a nice career with the Patriots. And there you go.
1: Those are some ugly stats. I'm not gonna. Uh, no, no, not, not, there's no not sugar sugarcoating that one. Any, no orange colored glasses.
0: Fifty-one, none, not, not a good start to the uh, 2004. I believe Kevin Marr was the. Yep. The, yep. the cl- team rallied though, won its share. So, all right, well, good stuff there. Those aren't exactly great uh, memories, but we'll uh, maybe make some more at Purdue. Four and four years from now, Purdue here. Five years from now, uh, road trip to. Bucolic West Lafayette, Indiana. I'll start driving tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Head on the road. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. The theme of today's show, I think uh, Dino Babers uh, foretold a little bit uh, earlier in the week as well. Lots of excitement heading into the game Saturday, the Orange and FSU. And while it feels like uh, Florida State's maybe a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, let's I think you want to get into this game if you're going to be optimistic about it be optimistic because Syracuse is rolling off to a good start and has played pretty good football through two games even though it'll step up a level in competition it is important to remember though Florida State is still Florida State
2: Florida State you know you get excited for a game like that and you're like hey yeah yeah and you know come off two big wins and you go to the tape and you go wow these guys are good they are really really talented they've got uh, outstanding personnel and they're good coaches you know uh, Coach Taggart's done a nice job, he's really been on, on the rise, uh, all the schools he's been at, and now he's at uh, one of the top schools in the country a, country, a school where you can win national championships consistently every three to four years. So they have fantastic talent, they have really good coaches, and uh, it's going to be a really challenging task for us on Saturday.
0: Where I think you hope you get them is the intersection of you know good players and coaches, but they're green in terms of working together. It's the first road trip where Syracuse is just smoother at this point. The Orange have lifted lighter weights uh, to this point through two games, but they've got a veteran quarterback. They're in year three of a coaching change and that type of thing, and you hope that, uh, that works out to uh, Syracuse's advantage, and it very well might. Coach Baver is making an appeal for the fans to do their part. We'll share some of that on uh, tomorrow's show and Friday's as well. Back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So long, everybody. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio.